0: Hello, and welcome to another episode, the final episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. For this final episode, I've chosen the wedding that concludes Longfellow's The Courtship of Miles Standish, the wedding of Priscilla Mullins and John Alden. The Italian writer Italo Calvino, at the end of his 1979 novel, if on a winter's night a traveler, observe that, quote, In ancient times, a story could end only in two ways. Having passed all the tests, the hero and the heroine married, or else they died. The ultimate meaning to which all stories refer has two faces, the continuity of life, the inevitability of death, end quote. Though there is much that's dark in the courtship of Miles Standish, as there is in all true stories, it ends on this forward-looking note, the continuity of life. The wedding of Priscilla and John is both closure, the closure of their courtship story, and opening, the opening of their life to come. This is what I hope for this episode, both closure and opening. The wedding takes place in the Plymouth Meeting House, a space for both religious worship and civil business. The wedding is a civil affair, conducted by the village magistrate, as English nonconformists such as the Mayflower Pilgrims considered marriage to be a civic, not a religious, matter. Once the vows have been said, and a church elder has said a prayer, and the wedding is concluded, an unexpected guest appears. But that's not our interest today. While those gathered are much abuzz over this surprise visitor, Priscilla and John step out of the meeting house and look upon a world transfigured by their marriage. It's here that we join them as they move to their story's conclusion and its beginning. Let's listen. From The Wedding Day From the Courtship of Miles Standish by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Soon was their vision disturbed by the noise and stir of departure, friends coming forth from the house, and impatient of longer delaying, each with his plan for the day and the work that was left uncompleted. Then, from a stall near at hand, amid exclamations of wonder, Alden the Thoughtful! the careful, so happy, so proud of Priscilla, brought out his snow-white bull, obeying the hand of its master, led by a cord that was tied to an iron ring in its nostrils, covered with crimson cloth, and a cushion placed for a saddle. Priscilla should not walk, he said, through the dust and heat of the noonday. Nay, she should ride like a queen, not plod along like a peasant. Somewhat alarmed at first, but reassured by the others, placing her hand on the cushion, her foot in the hand of her husband, gaily, with joyous laugh, Priscilla mounted her palfrey. Nothing is wanting now, he said with a smile, but the distaff. Then you would in truth be my queen, my beautiful Bertha. Onward the bridal procession now moved to their new habitation, happy husband and wife and friends conversing together. Pleasantly murmured the brook as they crossed the ford in the forest, pleased with the image that passed like a dream of love through its bosom, tremulous, floating in air o'er the depths of the azure abysses. Down through the golden leaves the sun was pouring his splendours, gleaming on purple grapes that, from branches above them suspended, mingled their odorous breath with the balm of the pine and the fir tree, wild and sweet as the cluster that grew in the valley of Eshcol. Like a picture it seemed of the primitive pastoral ages, fresh with the youth of the world, and recalling Rebecca and Isaac old and yet ever new, and simple and beautiful always, love immortal and young in the endless succession of lovers, so through the Plymouth woods passed onward the bridal procession. Longfellow includes some nice touches in the first part of what I've read, The Friends Departing, A Private Joke Between the Two Lovers, the husband who has a great idea that he's kept from his new bride, that she's not so sure is a great idea, riding a steer to their new home, but that she accepts after reassurance from her friends. But it's the final image that interests me most. It's a true pastoral image, combining the human, the natural, and the sacred in a single image, Priscilla on a snow-white steer, accompanied by her husband and their friends as they make their way through the forest to their new home. As they cross over the brook on the way to their new home, we see them not directly but in their reflection in the water. As we look down on the tremulous image, we look up at Priscilla on her white steer, accompanied by her husband and their friends with the blue sky above them. The brook murmurs not just because that's what brooks do, but because it's pleased with the image of love passing through its water. The bright sun shines through the golden fall leaves and on the bunches of ripened grapes, bountiful like those of the brook Eshcol in the promised land. It is the marriage of Ruth and Boaz, of Rebecca and Isaac. It is the world forever new. Let's listen again. From the Wedding Day, from the Courtship of Miles Standish, by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Soon was their vision disturbed by the noise and stir of departure, friends coming forth from the house, and impatient of longer delaying, each with his plan for the day and the work that was left uncompleted. Then, from a stall near at hand, amid exclamations of wonder, Alden, the thoughtful, the careful, so happy, so proud of Priscilla, brought out his snow-white bull, obeying the hand of its master, led by a cord that was tied to an iron ring in its nostrils, covered with crimson cloth, and a cushion placed for a saddle. Priscilla should not walk, he said, through the dust and heat of the noonday. Nay, she should ride like a queen, not plod along like a peasant. Somewhat alarmed at first, but reassured by the others, placing her hand on the cushion, her foot in the hand of her husband, gaily with joyous laugh, Priscilla mounted her palfrey. Nothing is wanting now, he said with a smile, but the distaff. Then you would be in truth my queen, my beautiful Bertha. ONWARD THE BRIDAL procession NOW MOVED TO THEIR NEW HABITATION, HAPPY HUSBAND AND WIFE AND FRIENDS CONVERSING TOGETHER, PLEASANTLY MURMURED THE BROOK AS THEY CROSSED THE FORD IN THE FOREST, PLEASED WITH THE IMAGE THAT PASSED, LIKE A DREAM OF LOVE THROUGH ITS BOSOM, TREMULOUS, FLOATING IN AIR, O'ER THE DEPTHS OF THE AZURE abysses, DOWN THROUGH THE GOLDEN LEAVES THE SUN WAS POURING HIS SPLENDORS gleaming on purple grapes that, from branches above them suspended, mingled their odorous breath with the balm of the pine and the fir tree, wild and sweet as the clusters that grew in the valley of Eshcol. Like a picture, it seemed, of the primitive pastoral ages, fresh with the youth of the world and recalling Rebecca and Isaac, old and yet ever new, and simple and beautiful always, love immortal and young in the endless succession of lovers, so through the Plymouth woods passed onward the bridal procession. Longfellow, like all of us, suffered a great deal that was discouraging in his life. The deaths of two wives and an infant daughter, as well as other family members and close friends, difficulties with chronic pain, deteriorating eyesight and depression, a society gangrenous with the practice of slavery and torn apart by the brutal war that ended it. In such times, refreshment is necessary if one is to continue on with a hopeful outlook. I think Longfellow found such refreshment in writing his poems, as well as in reading the poetry of others, and enjoying all that the arts, music, painting, theater, give us. This is one of the most valuable things about art. It's always there for us. Lord knows these are discouraging times, and I'm thankful that so many poets and artists have given us so much to sustain us. These lines I've read, Love immortal and young in the endless succession of lovers, and the image of this pair of lovers are always within reach on my bookshelf. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and that you've enjoyed Fireside Poems. I'd like to thank my niece, Annalise Nermy, for making Fireside Poems possible, and my wife, Anna, for listening to every episode and making each one better with her discerning suggestions. And thanks to each of you who've listened, both those who've listened from the beginning and those who've joined as Fireside Poems has gone along. Next month, I'll begin two new podcasts, Dr. J's American Passages and Dr. J's Shakespeare. Come August, you'll find links to them on the Fireside Poems website. I look forward to continuing our time together.